7. Judges 7 is right where we left off at last week um, when we were talking about God reduction, I guess, if you will, that, that God does, that God did to uh, Gideon's army and brought it all the way down to 300. Um, and I know that we've read the story, so we know the ending of it, but I don't know, in my mind, I, I see that uh, in this situation, man, I'd be, I'd be pretty upset. I would be, uh, you know, I would almost want that fleece again. Hey, God, are you sure this is what you wanted us to do? Uh, I mean, you said that we'd, we'd win this battle, but with 300 of us? You know, and I think in in, in chapter eight it tells us that there was over a hundred thousand or so that were in the other army. But in Judges seven, we're going to look at the battle. Uh, so we're going to try. Uh, we'll probably get through all of this tonight. But uh, let's begin reading in verse number twelve. And that uh, was where we left off last week, and we'll go down to verse 15. We'll stop, and then we'll share a couple thoughts, and then get into the message tonight, but, or the lesson, if you will. But Verse number 12, the Bible says, "...the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude." That's a lot, and that's a lot. Think about that. There's so many of them, they look like a grasshopper. And their camels were without number. There were so many camels... They couldn't even number, and as the sand by the seaside for the multitude. Have you ever got out there on the sea, sea side and begin to count the grains of sand? You've never decided to do that. There's too many of them to count, isn't it? I mean, think about what he says here. He says the sand uh, and sand by the seaside for the multitude. There, was, there are hundreds of thousands. There's lots of people down there. They're in the valley. Like grasshoppers, their camels are unnumerable. Uh, and then there's like the sand on the seaside. That's a daunting task. That's a, let's, you know, that's a point uh, in life where it's beating the odds. That, this is against the odds. This is not, the odds are not in Gideon's favor. There's nowhere in, in history of mankind do you go to battle with 300 men and fighting as the multitude, the sand on the seashore multitude, that you're ready to go to battle with 300 men. I mean, you're talking about the only way that you win this battle is God. The only way that you come out victorious is God. Uh, and you have to understand that. Think about when David stepped in the, in the ring with Goliath. He knew the only way that he was going to be victorious was with God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew when they stepped in the fiery furnace, the only way that they were going to be successful and come out with the right outcome was because of God. Daniel, when he got thrown in the den of the lions, the only way that he knew that he was going to be successful and come out on the right end of things was because of God. And it wasn't because of Daniel, and it wasn't because of the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and it wasn't because of David, and it wasn't because of Gideon. It was because of the God in which they serve and the God that made this possible. So here we are. There are un, there's, there's hundreds of people out there. How can you beat the odds? You're going to beat the odds no different than beating the odds 
that Gideon did. Gideon beat the odds because of who his God was, not because of who Gideon was. And you and I, we look, it is not. You living as a Christian, you're going to have to beat the odds. The odds are not always going to be on your side. That you're there. <coughs> more than more than likely, there's more lost than there are saved. How many's on your team? If you go out and you play a game of football, teams are even. There's eleven on each side. They don't play odd. You don't play with a hundred on one side and three on the other. They're not going to let that happen, right? But sometimes in life, that's how it is, where we have to beat the odds, where we have to beat the odds that we face, odds as Christians, odds as individuals. Uh, We're not always faced with the greatest of odds. You think about young people that grow up without a mom and dad or grow up in a home where the the families are split and all those things that that deal with those kids. Those kids have to beat the odds to, to make it in this world. And you talk about the young people that ride our vans and things and, and, and ride the van and come to church. And, and so they're, they're going to have to beat the odds to stay in church because the odds are going to be against them. The odds are not. Look, and for you to live a, a sold out, sanctified, separated uh, Christian life, you're going to have to beat the odds because the odds aren't going to say everybody's doing it. That's not how it is because everybody isn't doing it. But I'm going to say, just as Gideon, the odds can be beat. Uh, it doesn't matter whether by few, as we talked about last week, whether by few or by many. God doesn't have to have a lot to, to be successful. God didn't, as we talked about last week, God didn't have to have Gideon to win the battle. God didn't have to have these 300, just like he doesn't have to have us to be successful. In verse number 13, the Bible says, And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of the Midian and came unto the tent and smote it that it fell over, fell and overturned it, that the tent lay along. And his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, for into his hand, God, into his hand, God hath delivered Midian and some of the host. That's not what it says, is it? All of the host. God has promised that Gideon, he was going to beat the odds. He was going to with 300. And they were all going to be at the hand of Gideon. Is it not where the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ? That's right. Not some things, not a few things, but all things. And so when you're facing odds that are heavy against you, and you're facing things that don't always lay in your favor, guess what? You can beat those odds with Christ. You can beat those odds with because Christ is in your favor. If God be for us, who, who is it? 
Who can be against us if God is for us? Why? All right. God is all power. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Any thoughts or questions before we move on into the next verse, couple of verses of Scripture? Well, preacher, do you suppose that, you know, I'm the type that I like to have be in control mm -hmm. of everything? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do. I mean, I, right. That's that's the way I am, and uh, but still, in all, whenever I, I I reach a point of where I can't do nothing about what's going on or happening, is that God showing me how small a man that I am? Yeah. Yeah. And if I'd have put it in His hand to begin with, I would have went through the trials that I went through. In yeah. And I see this right here. That God do it. Yeah. Just follow his instructions. That's right. How easy is that for us to say? It's easier to say than to do it. <laughs> That's right. It's a lot easier to say it than it is to do it. Because you're not the only one that likes to make sure that you, you've got it under control. You know, I mean, think about if you put yourself in Gideon's position. Man, I, you don't have that under control. There is no way that, that it is even close to being that way. And you know the odds. <laughs> How God tells me. Back on the, yeah. The amount of men, three hundred men against an army. Well, that would be hard to conceive, wouldn't it? What? Yeah. What? Exactly. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? That's the for God to show you His power. That's right. That's right. Look what I can do. That's right. I don't need you. I can do it on my own. That's right. But since you belong to me, I'm going to help you. Right. And it says the same thing applies to us today. That's true. That's true. And you know, and this, and judges here that, you know, I, I keep going back to Joshua. Mm hmm. When he, well, he said that, that, that man with his sword. Yeah. Was, who was it? I know who it was. It was Christ. <laughs> right. It's the same, same God here that's ministering to uh, uh, Gideon. Gideon. Yeah. That's right. Same God. The same God that helped Joshua yeah. in Joshua. Same God that helped Gideon yeah. here in this battle. And it's the same God that saved us all. That's right. And a lot of times in our life, it feels like the odds weigh oh, yeah. against us. Yeah. You know, and they are. Yeah. I mean, it sometimes the you know, water, if you take water and you pour it down, it's going to take the, the path of least resistance. Sometimes in life, 
Sometimes that path of the least resistance is the easiest way to go, but it's not always the right and the best way to go, you know. And so as we live our life, we're going to have to beat those odds. And the only way that we can beat them is with the Lord's help. Um, the Bible talks about uh, in 1 Corinthians, I believe, where it says it, not to glory in the flesh. And so, look, the Lord will bring us to a place where we don't need to glory in what we've accomplished. Because God didn't, I mean, Gideon didn't accomplish this. And he didn't, he didn't win that battle. Gideon didn't go down in a couple verses and, and win. God did. And so when we, when we accomplish something or God answers a prayer or, or God sees something great happen, it ain't me. Because he can use anybody. Well, you know, look what's been happening here in our church. We've been praying for people to get saved. Yes, sir. And what happened? People are getting saved. That's right. That's right. It's not us. It's the God that we serve. Sometimes we just have to ask. That's right. And keep going back. And keep going back and making it an importance thing where it is at the top of our list, where it is something that we're praying for and seeking God for. So, that's good. Any other thoughts about that? Beating the odds. I know that's not even in your outline, but I had to share that with you. Well, you're not going to be here next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I know it, I know it. <laughs> All right, let's look at the plan that God has for this battle. So we see the odds that weigh against them, but let's look at the plan. Verse number 15, he gives them the plan. All the way down to, I think, verse 17 is where he stops there. But, uh, and so it was, when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof, that he worshipped and returned worshipped. Man, what an important thing it is that we worship the Lord. Returning to the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. Hey, 300 guys, the Lord has delivered. It's already taken place. Man, what faith. And he divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers, and he said unto them, Look on me, and do likewise. And behold, when I come out to the outside of the camp, and it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. So here's the plan for the battle, guys. These men, the Midianites are in the valley. Let's divide into three companies. We got a hundred in each company. You're going to take one side of the valley. We're going to take the other side of the valley. I'm going to be at the other end of the valley. And we're all going to gather around and we're going to, you're going to watch me. Everybody get a trumpet. Now, when we vision a trumpet, we, we vision that beautiful musical instrument, right? But from what I understand or what I've read, it more than likely wasn't a beautiful musical instrument. It was one of those ram horns that they would use for battle 
one of those ram horns that they would use for uh, that the priest would use to announce uh, something at, at the temple. So here it is. They've got all these horns in their mouth or in their hand. And then they have a pitcher and a lantern. You ready for battle now? Gideon, where's the sword? Where's the shields? Where's, where's, where's my knife, my dagger, or an arrow, or bow? Where, where's the, uh, in our day now, where's the fighter pilots, right? And the bombs and the machine guns and the cannons, and where are they at? See, in our mind, that's how we go to battle, right? But God told, De, De, uh, God told Gideon to go to battle with a pitcher and a, and a lantern and a horn. Whew. Is that confusing? Yeah. What am I supposed to beat? Beat them across the head with the ram horn? I light them on fire with the lantern? Yeah. You've got 300 men. If you run down the hill, you're dead. If you go attack the Midianites, you're not going to overtake them. In your mind, there's no way, physically. Without the, the hand of God, you're not going to win that battle. But God then tells them, grab those three instruments. Sometimes God takes the simplest things of this world to confound the wise. Because God doesn't need the most spectacular and the hottest thing on the top of the shelf. God just needs the normal, the average. The, he just needed whatever it was, the, the horn. But if you notice, I don't see anywhere in this text that these men object to the horn. Do you see any of these men objecting to the, to the lantern and the pitcher? If General hands me a lantern and a pitcher and a horn, why? I'm asking. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And this is my opinion, just strictly my opinion. That's why God needed there to be 300. That's right. Well, he called out. That's right. Yeah. He done away with a lot of the, the men and everything. This, That's right. This is, I believe those 300 was God knew who. That's right. Would trust him. That's right. Do what he instructed them to do. That would follow Gideon. Yeah. And they did. That's right. With their weaponry. Yeah. Yeah, because you get just a few of them with little faith. That's right. They're gonna get to talking to the others. Man, did you see Gideon wants us to take a horn? Yeah. Come here, someone said, I think I'm getting a headache. <laughs> 
Exactly. And that's part of that when he said, go, go away if you've got fear, right, or afraid. And he's, you know, had him drink. But, but God cold all the way down to the men that he needed, to the men that would trust him, to the men that would just believe, well, we've got 300 of us out here. We've got these pots and we've got this pitcher and we've got this, this, uh, this uh, horn and we're going to war. Let's go, Gideon. Let's go get it. I mean, that's the faith that God, that, that they believe that God would. And that's the kind of faith that we have to believe when we go to battle. Because before you go to battle, you have to prepare for it. Every one of us, we're going to face Satan uh, sometimes on a daily basis, uh, a minute-to-minute basis sometimes, and we need to prepare. So what have we done to prepare against the devil? Who do we have to have faith in? It's not me. It's not myself and my, my code. And I mean, you know, it's not me. It's the Lord. And so when we face against the devil... We're going to have to face against. We're going to have to have his strength to help us to face things. Addiction. And you list whatever it is. You know. Go ahead. What were you saying? I'm just going to say this. This is what gives us the faith. That's right. If you read and believe the word of God. That's right. What are we doing with it on a day-to-day basis? Because your faith is going to be strengthened in here because of being able to talk to each other. Your guys' strength will help each other. And singing the, the hymns that are based on a Scripture will help strengthen your faith. But ultimately, and then the preaching should strengthen your faith. But ultimately, what's going to get you Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday? What's going to help you through those times when you're struggling? When you need that faith to, to, to conquer, or you need that strength to conquer the battle that you face. That is what is so, so hard in this United States is we should be more, this, this place should be full tonight. Learning the Word of God, but they don't even have a service on Wednesday night. Most churches have cut out their Sunday right. night, Wednesday night, and uh, the teachings we get, I mean, it throws questions in mind, the ones that want to learn and go home, and then you look and you see some of the actions that took place. And, brother, it's, it's in here. That's strong faith. To believe that the, the ammunition that God gave them was enough. Was enough. Amen. Amen. Anything else? Anybody else? Well, I was reading in here with Paul. Paul was writing in uh, Corinthians, Thessalonians, back to the church. And said, you know, all that was written in here was not written only by the prophets or the ones that wrote it. It was, it was sent to them from God. And all of it is God's Word. That's right. Not only not theirs, but God's Word. That's right. They wrote down what God says to write. That's right. Well, the Bible says, holy men of God spake as they were moved. I'm not going to quote it right. Spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit of God. I I know that I quoted that completely wrong. I can't remember where that's at either. But, but, you know, it is true. It's uh, not all the Bible was written specifically to us. 
But all the Bible was written specifically for us. For us, exactly. And that Bible will help strengthen our faith. And those men believed Gideon. They saw what God did. They saw the somehow, some way that it had been instilled in them. They believed in that faith, that faith in God, that, that belief that God was going to protect them, that the ammunition that God gave them was enough, that the man of God that God had given them, Gideon, was, was going to lead them to the battle. But then if you, you look in verse number 17, Gideon makes a statement. He says, I come, when I come to the outside of the camp, and it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. Gideon wasn't asking them to do something that he was not willing to do himself. So when we prepare for battle, we shouldn't, look, as a preacher, I shouldn't ask you to do anything that I wouldn't be willing to do. I, you know, I ought to be, you know, I ought to be willing to clean a toilet just as well as anybody else, you know, and take care of things just like anybody else because I'm no different. Gideon was no different than anybody else. I'm going to lead the way. Let's do it. So, hey, you do what I do. When I blow that trumpet, you blow it. And I'll be out there in the front. I'll be in the outside of the camp. When I blow the trumpet, come on. And I like what he says in verse number 18. And we didn't read that, but at verse number 18. When I blow the trumpet... When I blow the trumpet, that's not what it says. When I blow with a trumpet, I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of the camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Tell them who you're coming with. Tell them who you're coming from. Tell them where you're coming from. Man, when we face a battle in this life, we got to tell the devil, hey, I'm not coming to you in my strength, in the Lord's might. You ever faced a battle? Go ahead. That's right. Yeah. That's not the sword of Gideon and the Lord. There's a sword of the Lord and Gideon. That's right. That's right. It's a good thing the Lord picked the leaders. This reminds me of Joshua. When they marched around, the Lord told them to march around the the walls seven times. Yeah. Blow them trumpets. That's right. Mm-hmm. And when they did, the walls came down. That's right. It's just belief. And you've got to have a leader that is strong in his belief. And like our like the pastor of a church, he leads his flock. We're his sheep. And uh, it's so amazing to me that so many are falling away today. On the true word. Yes, sir. But that's the Bible telling me that's what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. There'll be a great falling away. That's right. That's right. 
got to remember too, like it says, the Lord and Gideon. He don't need Gideon. He don't need us. That's right. That's right. That's right. And you know, I believe, and I, the Lord uses us today, and that is to spread the gospel. That's right. I mean, and uh, it's not just later on. We work it for the Lord right here. That's right. That's right. As individuals and also as a church. That's right. Church body. body That's right. Christ and, and what we do with our missionaries, we support the missionaries, so we help in there to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's right. Everywhere our missionaries that we support. Because right. we're trying to help them, enable them to be able to do the work that we can't do because we're not there. So we're doing right. what God has instructed us to do That's today. Right. You know? That's right. <clears throat> but he needs to be first in everything. That's right. That's right. Our actions speak first. Our actions ways. Uh-huh. And it's like you say, we don't have to say nothing, but our actions yeah. and ways, uh-huh. as long as we're acting godly, things will change. That's right. That's right. Any other thoughts or questions? It is. It's so encouraging, to be honest with you, because the battles we face, you know, and the, and the sin that we take and the sin that we battle, you know, the only way that we can... Hey, boy, watch out back there. Nah. The only way that we can overcome that sin is just like Gideon. Gideon went completely trusting in that ram horn and, and God. I mean, okay, God, you're going to take care of this. I'm going to blow this trumpet and you're going to take care of it. It, the battles we face with sin, with, with uh, trials, with tribulations, with hard times, with good times, and all those things. And we, we can't do any of that without trusting in God to, to help us get to that next step. Okay, what do I need to do? All right, what do I need to do? Because we're going to get to that next point in two weeks, Brother Blackie. But uh, when we get to that next point where they go to battle. They've prepared. They've put their faith in the Lord. They've trusted in the Lord that He'll take them to it. And so here we are. Here's now. Let's put our faith in the Lord to take us to the battle. He, well, let's take, let's trust the Lord that with the gospel and take it. Let's trust the Lord with our, with our sin and give it to Him. Let's trust the Lord with our burdens and give it to Him. And all the rest of the, whatever you could put in that line. All right, Lord, here it is. I can't handle this. I can't do this. Insurmountable odds. And God comes in for Gideon, but he had to prepare for the day of battle. Every one of us, we're going to have to prepare. And preparation takes place now. Oh, I'll wait till tomorrow. That's the worst kind of preparation. Procrastination will get you in loads of trouble. Yes, it will. 
Amen. Amen. Any other thoughts or questions? You know, I, I really like the fact that you can count on God. Sometimes I'm doing something, Blackie probably knows that you get out there fighting something and it just won't fall in, it won't do what you want it to do. But if you back off, and sit back there a minute and think about it and say, Lord, I need your help. Yeah. And you can go back to that project and it falls right in place. Or you think of something that would have been great better. But but that does happen. Mm-hmm. So I like I, I really love the scripture in the Bible where Elisha and his servant went into uh, a town and the I believe it was the Midianites or Ammonites or some of them were chasing and they were one of those flashlights. Yeah, and they were all in this one one house. And the servant said, "What are we going to do? All the army is gathering around us because the king didn't like him because he, said yeah. he always he always mouths uh, against the thing out." And he said, "Don't worry, it's no worry." He said, "God will take care of us." And he asked God to remove. The veil from his eyes, and all around him. Amen. Of fire. That's right. And brother, God took care of him. That's and right. All of this, the Gideon, just through the whole Bible, through the whole New Testament, then into the, into the whole Testament, then into the New Testament, when Jesus came to him, and and. We just got to believe. We got to, our faith, and if we'll read all this and believe it, because in the last book, in Revelations, he says, I don't add to or take away. That's right. That's right. And it's, it's, it's well said. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's good. Amen. Anybody else? All right. Well, let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for allowing us to be together. I thank you for those that are here. I pray, dear.